Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Teresa Heal. And I want to thank Chris Platty for talking about Young Living Essential Oils. So I'm going to talk about a few of them myself. We have Thieves Essential Oil, and it supports a healthy immune function and may contribute to overall wellness when taken as a supplement, which is our Thieves Vitality line. We have peppermint. It's fresh and energizing. You can diffuse it in the room while you're studying to improve your concentration, which is great. Then we have lemon, which also aids in concentration, especially wonderful aid for children who are struggling with school or have learning challenges. Those are just a few. So if you have any questions, contact TeresaHeal at Comcast.net. T-H-E-R-E-S-A-H-E-A-L at Comcast.net. Thanks. Have a great day, and thanks, Chris. Alright, hello everyone and welcome back to Strictly Hip Hop. As always, I'm your host Chris Platty and returning to the podcast again is my guy, president of the MSU Hip Hop Club, Andrew Durris. Andrew, how you doing? What's up, man? How's it going? Oh man, it's uh, it's going good, man. It, it seems like I might, as well, I might as well label this week review week, man. I got so many reviews, it's ridiculous. I think I'm reviewing something like 10 projects within 7 days. There have been a lot out lately. It's it's just like a flood. Yeah. June's a crazy, it's crazy month. But man. it's awesome at the same time. <laughs> yeah, and it's not slowing down, man. We got YG, we got Drake coming up. Uh man. Um yeah. It's not gonna slow down either. But um we are here to review a project that dropped a couple weeks ago. Nick Grant, the mixtape, Dreaming Out Loud. Uh so background info for those of you that don't know, he is from South Carolina. His mixtape '88 in early 2016 got major buzz. He signed to Epic Records, and then um, then he released his debut album in January of last year, "Return of the Cool," which I reviewed. Go check out that review. I'll link it in the description. Um, so this is the follow-up to that to that debut album, but it is technically called a mixtape. And uh, Nick Grant has not been shy about saying, you know, in several interviews like Double XL, Sway, Breakfast Club, etc., that. He wants to be one of the greatest rappers of all time. 
Um, so he's coming in this game with, uh, with a lot of um, confidence, you should say. And he spent the last year between, between Return of the Cool and Now just delivering some awesome features. Uh, still waiting off Royster 5.9's Bar Exam 4 is an incredible feature from him. Absolutely love his verse on that track. And so now we're here dreaming out loud the mixtape. Um, now, Andrew, if I'm not mistaken, I believe this was your first introduction to Nick Grant. So you might not have the same initial expectations I had, obviously. But uh, what were you kind of expecting when I when I posed the review to you for this? Yeah, so I had no idea who this guy was. Um, <laughs> but I looked up uh, a few of his stuff before I um, listened to uh, the full project. And, you know, I was pretty impressed. I, I was like, okay, this guy can he's can spit. He's pretty good. Um, uh, so, I mean, my expectations are generally pretty high for any hip-hop artist regardless. I think... Um, you really got to be the best at what you do, especially in hip hop. It's a dog eat dog world in this music genre. And I feel like the fakes really do get exposed most of the time. Some <laughs> stick around for quite a while, unfortunately, but, um, this guy seemed pretty legit. So I was, I was really intrigued on what he was going to put out. Yeah, I was, um, for those of you that, didn't listen to my my Nick Grant return of the cool review that I did. Um, essentially, that was my first introduction to him as well. Um, and what I what I liked about um, I liked his rapping. His rapping immediately drew me out. Okay, this guy is a talented rapper. He can rap extremely well. But uh, but the thing was is is the the marriage between his between his vocals and the production just did not quite fit. So therefore it wasn't that great of a project in my eyes. Um, I mean, I don't even think it would have made my top 50 of last year. Um, but it had, it had moments on it. It had moments on it. And, um, actually one of the things I said is there was a, there was a track on that, um, on that project. And, it was called uh what was it ah oh, man i'm trying to remember i'm i'm looking it up right now or trying to um ah oh, man what is it it's the oh bouncing yeah bouncing was the track that um he had very very trap heavy 808 808 and trap heavy uh production and i said this is the way he needs to go i think he definitely needs to go and he kind of i guess I guess he he kind of either heard me or someone around him told him the same thing because he uh, he he definitely he definitely changed and came with a different style for this. So I was hoping to get more of that of that bouncing feel, more of that uh, more of that trap heavy vibe because he he kind of flows very well on those type of beats. Um, so I was so I was again um, with 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 the features that he was given plus um, plus the potential he had just as a rapper. Um, I liked that. I liked the content he had. I liked everything that um, I liked everything about it, except the sonics of that project, if that makes sense. And so mm -hmm. I was, so I was kind of excited to get into this, uh, get into this album mixtape. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a really, really good. Uh, it was a really good project. And, okay, uh, like so you did said, you? I... Uh, hold, hold on. Uh, sorry, okay. before. Uh, what did you actually look up uh, coming into this? Yeah, I looked you... up. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Um, I looked up 
uh, yeah, his previous stuff, the, um, I already forgot, you just said it, and I already forgot. Return of the Cool? Yeah. I listened to that one, and I thought, like you said, I thought it was really good, but I agreed with a lot of what you said, the sonics of it were a bit off. Um, and I mean, he's def- he's a southern rapper, so that's kind of their bread and butter is to make sure that the production um, is top notch. You know, he's following in the J- in the footsteps of J. Cole. Yes, um, very much so. And I think he's going to be in that shadow and really has to make a name for himself. So I wanted to see kind of what he what he did, because um, mm-hmm. I don't think he did it on the one that I've listened to prior and then. Yeah, get to this one. All right, so um, let's jump into it. I'll let you take the lead on this one. I took the lead on the last review, so I'll let you take the lead on this one. Uh, what's the first track you want to talk about? I got to talk about the DJ Khaled track, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for this guy that I hadn't really heard of, the fact that he was able to lock up Khaled on his, uh, on his album was pretty impressive. And um, this is a pretty good track. Um, it's a really, really good beat. You know, Khaled's in the back, pumping him up and all that. Um, And this was kind of one of the more dumbed down tracks on the album. I think the album as a whole, you know, there were messages to be heard. And I think this was kind of the boastful Mm -hmm. um, one, the one that you said he kind of needed to go to the trap and banger beats. This is a pretty good um, song, you know, Khaled's known for that. But he had some pretty good lines on here too um the one that popped out to me the most was the one it's i think it's in the second verse yeah trying to throw locks on my styles still i keep it chic it's <laughs> like an absolute play on words to the group the locks you know with jada yeah. um styles p and chic louch and then locks on my styles still i keep it chic Man, when I heard that the first time, I, I I literally paused the song and I was like, did he just say what I think he just said? <laughs> and I looked it up, I listened to it again, and this was the first track that I was like, okay, I really got to start listening, paying attention to what this guy's spitting because he actually might be legit. Um, so yeah, this was the first track that kind of jumped out to me. Is like, whoa, you know, he's got DJ Khaled on here. This means we're going to get some pretty serious production. And then some of these lines he's dropping are off the wall and really, really good. Yeah, and you know the interesting thing is this is probably, and this will set the tone for, for, for my opinion throughout the whole project, um, is that or throughout the whole review, is that this is actually one of my least favorite records. But I really, yeah, right. <laughs> I really, I really enjoy this record. Um, I find personally the beat is annoying, so it makes sense. Khaled was on it. Uh, yeah. But um, you know, to follow up with, yeah, the the chic line, the the locks line is so cold. But um, one of my favorites was uh was the bars he had in the next verse where he said uh swag dripping like wet saliva could wet could wet some lava i like him dark her foot fl- and her flesh godiva i'm blessed revival fuck boy be quiet because we don't need you like s and island yeah i was like wow <laughs> i was like wow okay yeah um you know i had known coming in again through the features that i had listened to and everything i had known that he could rap but i was like okay this is um you know especially to follow 96 bulls which was uh 
a very like it was like a kind of like a soft banger almost um mm-hmm. uh it was it to come in with this absolute flex track was uh was extreme it was extremely dope i don't think this track um this track is really dope i don't it's interesting that it wasn't more um that it wasn't uh i don't think it picked up the traction that he expected it to um just because Mm -hmm. i think he had other bigger hits on this project which i'm sure we'll get to um and uh but still overall it's a great track um it does its job it it definitely um especially for someone like you i'm sure who's coming into this you know you you're a little bit different because you actually went back and heard his whole last project so you kind of understood nick grant or had an idea of nick grant but like for someone coming in you know this is a this is the second track they hear essentially because the first one's just you know bj bj the chicago kid just you know delivering some soulful singing and melodies um so so yeah so i enjoyed this one um and that really sets the tone for this for this whole project um so i want to follow it up with what i think is the absolute banger and probably the biggest record on this project and that is blue cheese god damn i cannot i cannot stop listening to song i can't i can't i can't do it it's um it's amazing uh it reminds it it's almost like it's almost like Drake Gowchester meets like uh meets like uh Thank Me Later Drake. Um <laughs> it it gives me it gives me so much Drake vibes. I don't know if it if it did the same for you, but um the hook is just written and performed brilliantly. Um I want to get the singer I want to get the singer's name right. Um because the singer absolutely delivers the hook and the ad-libs and the hook are just absolutely crazy. Uh the hook is like I said, the hook is um very perfectly written. Um I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out who does does the hook. Um I think it I think it says it in the in the track description. So if you give me a second I can pull it up. But one of the things that I like is again he's um the the flexing is there. Um he's rapping very in pocket with the instrumental um the entire time and it's absolutely it's um it's absolutely one of my favorite songs released this this entire year. Like I just I have not stopped listening to it since it came out. Yeah, it's B Hess who also had a lot of vocals on his last project, uh, Return of the Cool, and he had he had awesome vocals on on um, on songs like uh, All of You, which was really which was one of my favorites off that record. Um, so yeah, so he Nick Grant man, this is a this is just absolutely this is the one that i show to all my friends who are just like if i want to show my friends who uh who nick who nick grant is this is a song to show them mm-hmm. like yeah yeah go this ahead. was an incredible track like you said and the hook is really really catchy um yeah and even the fact that you know the beat is a bit you know cheesy no pun intended but like (laughs) the idea that he just kind of runs with it and has fun with it i think is it's just great and this is an incredible it really is it's it is probably the best track on this record um yeah he's just so witty he's just so witty on this track like again um i'm gonna make a kill and get the corner like it's prime time on the corner Mm -hmm. again just like such a just a, a witty bar to reference Trevon's and then um you know fucking with the plug we connected you knew I you know I blew cheese how I'm dressing 
again, like, he just, he's, he's so, he's so witty, um, and he, he just, again, he, he has such a personality on this track, too, which is what I like. Definitely. Uh, definitely a fun personality, but, um, yeah, I, I, I love this track, absolutely my favorite off the, um, off, off the entire project. Um, but all right, so, um, <laughs> all right, let's jump to the next track then. Uh, I'll let you, I'll let you hit your next track, which is, uh, whatever one you want to pick. Go ahead. Yeah. So I'm doing the one right before Blue Cheese. Okay. I think there's just, uh, it's called the Switch Up. It's the one with Yogati in yeah. it. Yeah. Which was the lead um, single. Yeah. And definitely it felt it. I think really, you know, All In Stride, the Switch Up and Blue Cheese are literally just like three bangers in a row that really get you going into this uh into this album and this one i just thought the hook was so good i thought it was so funny and stupid and yeah. just it worked so well with the track not to say the track was stupid but you know the simplistic of it it's just sometimes it's really good <laughs> to just you know have a dumb track like this and still have it be really fun and still have great lyricism in it yeah um and I think, uh, you know, I think Yo Gotti actually is better on this track with Nick Grant than he is most other times. I, I agree. think he kind of heard the song. He heard Nick Grant's verse and he said, okay, I can't really come in here and just, you know, do whatever. I really got to bring my A game. I think it, he keeps up with him pretty decently. And um, verse after verse, it's just, it's really good. And the, I mean, the hook is just new phone who this but like yeah <laughs> it's just so catchy and um but yeah this song going into blue cheese like you are just absolutely writing on a high out in this album um, yeah and well like you said blue cheese might be like the pinnacle of that high the climax i definitely think this song helps build up that hype for that other one Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, definitely, that's something I wanted to get into in overall thoughts. But since you mentioned it now, um, just the way from from uh from from the DJ Khaled track on, it just kind of to me, it's it's this build, it's this build of of hits. Like mm -hmm. it's just like he stacked all. He played this album very smart. Um, again, being a rapper who is somewhat known but still still unknown at the same time, he's in that weird lane of like. I'm living off rap music, but I'm not popular. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so he's in. So, so he played it smart with just a with with an awesome intro in '96 uh, in '96 Bulls, and then he just stacks a bunch of hits back to back to back. Um, so just the sequencing of the album was very tight, and again, the way all of them all of them build, like you said, is a is a great point. It's very progressive, but yeah, um, switch up was again the hook obviously always stands out to me um it's very it's very catchy again the ad-libs the everything about it is so it, it is so simplistic but beautiful and that's what that's what i enjoy about nick grant um in blue cheese and it's the same with this track is that again you, you hit the nail on the head here and that there's it's simplistic um he he puts simplistic hooks but he but he matches it with he he mar he marries it with 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 it with with complex lyrics in his in his verses and that's what um that's what really um or i shouldn't say complex lyrics but um but you know he he, he kind of like he kind of packs the lyrics and the, and the punches into the um 
it into the verses and then leaves the hooks very simplistic. So he has a yeah. great he has a great understanding, I think, of 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 just of just how to compose music now in in, in this era, mm-hmm. which is what I which is what I like. He's he's finding his way around being a a lyricist um, in today's climate, which is what I think is very um is is very is very dope. You know, he's got the he's got you know the the Pac line of course is crazy. I got the juice like I threw Pac off the roof. My shoes hop mm-hmm. out in suits, like he's he he just he just that that's the thing too is like he he kind of reminds me stylistically of um he he approaches these instrumentals right in that he he doesn't necessarily try to have like the crazy bars but he tries to have the witty bars almost like I feel like he approaches a lot of these beats like Wayne would right whereas like yes. I'm not gonna have um. I'm not going to be super complex with the lyrics. I'm going to have a simple hook, but I'm going to be, but I'm going to have those very witty bars that just stick out. Like again, we pointed, uh, we point out the, the you know, the catchy lines in blue cheese, and I think the same goes for for here, where it's just like those witty ass memorable memorable lines that just kind of, uh, that that just kind of make you, that just kind of make you, they're they're simplistic enough for most people to get, and they're witty enough to be to be clever and creative. You know, like. Back like Jordan with the four or five boy I'm at your neck like bow tie, you know what I'm saying like it's just mm-hmm. it's simple it's simple stuff but it's uh but it but it but there's there it's it's surface level but if you want to dig deeper you can get another layer of analogy with all these uh with all these uh uh punchlines which is what I like exactly it's it's like you said with Wayne I think it's like this dice section of what a witty lyric should be you can say you know you can do your whatever simile comparison lyric where it's like here's point a da 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 point b da 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 punchline is c or whatever but what nick grant does and what wayne did is is it's not so black and white as to what you say it's to how you would describe something to what it is so you have to sit there and you got to think okay like i don't want to jump ahead but there was one line in um, Save the Children where he says something like, my life is under construction like trees on a boot. Hmm. Yeah. And you kind of think, you know, like, okay, hey, shoes that have boots, okay. Or, you know, oh, that's Timberlands. Oh, oh construction boots. Like, you got to think about it. Right. But in the moment, boot rhymes with suit and blues and loose and spoon and scoop. And, like, that makes sense and it's fun to listen to. Right. But, like, then you go back and you read the lyrics and you go, okay, Dan, this guy's actually writing and he's no, he knows what he's writing. And that's just, it's great to see. Like you said, it's really, it's really awesome to see that kind of come back into hip hop. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I agree. Um, and that's something that's an overall theme, obviously, as you could tell by the way, we're mentioning it so heavily is, is the writing, I think is a very strong point for this project, but, um, I want to transition to, um, I want to I want to transition to what I, what I believe is is one of the standout records on here for a totally different spectrum. So we had the hits. Now this is the, this is the deep cut, um, and that's Black Woman. And mm-hmm. I believe this was the first record done for the project. So um, again, I'm I um, at the time of the return of the cool uh, review. Um, actually, what made me check him out was his Breakfast Club appearance. I had watched his Breakfast Club interview, which um, you know, uh, rappers go on there when they want to promote their album. So it was it was around the time of the album. I think it was like 
the week it was released, maybe maybe a couple days after it was released or something. But mm-hmm. um, he came on there and he talked about um, he talked about his his uh, project and everything. And at the end, which is something Breakfast Club very rarely makes people do, they made Nick Grant freestyle, and he actually freestyled what was I believe the second verse of this of of this song. Um, yeah. So so like when I first heard this song. Which again, this was another single release. The three singles released were uh, were "Switch Up," "96 Bulls," and "Black Woman," which is an interesting set of three uh, 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 of releases uh, of of lead singles. Essentially, um, it's an interesting because they're all over the place. But um, but "Black Woman," when I first heard this, I was like, I was like, okay, I was like, wait, I've heard this before. Has has he mm-hmm. done this before? And I like had to like double back, and I was like, "Oh, that's where this is from." So I believe this is so. Going off of that, I believe this was the first record done for the project. Um, it's an absolutely incredible, I- incredible record. Um, the way he the way he builds each each verse kind of starts off, and and and, and then it builds to the end, and it always has the same punchline, but the same punchline at the end, the same closing bar of each verse really ties in a whole um layer of or or a whole uh the whole ver- the verse itself and that um you know it's it's the line um and I want to get this exactly right and how and how he says it it's that um you know you're the, you're like the closest thing to god still we call you a bitch black woman you know and mm-hmm. so um again each verse each verse kind of sums up a different um a different perspective. Um, a lot of it deals with uh, Nick Grant's personal relationships towards black women and in his views. And, um, you know, it, it, that's basically what the song is built around. And again, essentially, um, it essentially builds um, in the way the second verse, especially, which is, which is my favorite verse, um, the way he just kind of, um, he starts off positive, then breaks down. Um, but but then breaks down how you know he starts with um, thanking God for your presence, your gifted girl, your blessing. But then he goes on uh, the next couple bars. But still, we are forever blinded. They they turn around, exploit your physicals, and televise them. And so he um, so he so and then he builds it up to back to again the the closing line. You like the closing to God? Still, we call you a bitch, black woman. And what's interesting about that verse in particular um, is that is that it, it almost it starts positive, it breaks it down, and then it builds it back, and then it builds it back up, and it just basically basically addresses the the criticisms of black women. Again, there's all sorts of criticisms. It's his relationship with black women. It's how the media betrays black women, or society betrays black women, and everything. But it still always comes back to you know they're the closest thing to God, you know, and he has he has the 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 line that really hits that that makes that line home hit home is that you know like he he talks about how men come from like like you nurture men through your breasts like so you essentially give life you know mm-hmm. and so that's why like that's why he views women as god because they essentially give life to uh to all men yeah i i think it was a great track when i heard it i was like man he is really saying what he's saying right now um especially like you talked about those last lines i think are just are great the thing that i thought was the best about this song on top of what everything you said was he was really calling out 
a lot of cultural references um, to famous black women. You know, he's got the obviously he calls out Nina Simone and Angela Davis. Um, but he like he had a good times reference in there where he said, uh, that's why your heart darker than Florida Evans. You know, the yeah. Esther Rolls character from that sitcom. And then uh, Coretta Scott King got a shout out. And then even like the Detroit Spinners song, Sadie got a shout out in this song. And I'm like, man, this guy knows his history and he really respects that culture. And he, and I think you got to, to really understand what the song and what he's trying to get at. Um, you know, and I, I think there's really no one better than Coretta Scott King to kind of be that example as a black woman that's kind of taken for granted, you know, and not mm. really appreciated for what she really, really did. Um, yeah. But yeah, like you said, incredible track, probably one of the best on the record. Um, yeah. Just from a perspective, from an introspective point of view, or if you're really trying to um, think about something uh, deep and meaningful, this is just a fantastic track. Yeah. And one thing I want to bounce off you, um, being someone who, again, coming into this review, I didn't know your opinion on Nick Grant. I just told you, this is the guy, look him up and let's do a review and you're like absolutely sure so um so this is my favorite type of nick grant honestly um the Mm -hmm. the hit making is very cool it's very fun i love it i enjoy it but um there's just a certain level of of pain that he has in his voice um that i think really resonates with with tracks like this um and and i think i think that he's He's an artist that's great at at deep cuts, which is not an easy talent to have. Um, and, and so I really I really enjoy that. And uh, also shout out to Stacy uh, Stacy Barth, who also um, did amazing. She's done amazing vocals all over the place. She's been she's been really bouncing everywhere lately. Um, she was also on Victory Lap, which was another incredible album. Yes. Um, yep. So so yeah so shout out to her I feel like of course we can't we can't do it without without um without ad, without adding you know a shout out to her vocals but yeah as far as Nick Grant goes um I just really enjoy his um uh, his his voice over over somber and soft production because I think he has a very um uh, painful voice and I mean that in the best way possible meaning that like you can you can sense you can hear the pain or that he's that he's portraying in his songs yeah i agree and i guess to your question um question earlier i think when i when i listened to nick grant especially on this record i i just really kept thinking about other rappers younger ones that kind of had the same uh type of mellow feel and joey badass was the name that just kept coming to mind for me mm-hmm. especially before the money there's a certain cultural awareness and appreciation of where you come from that's kind of lacking in certain trap and you know mainstream rap but i think nick grant's got it joey obviously has it um and i just remember the first time i heard before the money i was kind of like what is you know what is he doing rapping about (laughs) fried like he's literally rapping about like having dinner with his family like what are you doing and it's still a really really good song um i think nick grant's the same way he has that kind of voice and that vocal control which is rare yeah. Um, to be able to tone it down and not sound sappy and pathetic and still deliver a message with strong intent. Um, he's one of the few people that is, is really, really good at that. And um, yeah, I hope he uses it a lot more, like you said. 
Yeah. You know who, you know who, and not to get off in a tangent. So, um, but I do want to mention this just because you mentioned the Joey Badass reference, which is interesting because that's one I never thought of until now. You know who's the artist I constantly, constantly um, think of whenever I hear him? Is, uh, is Andre 3000. Yeah, I can see it. Yep. I think, I think lyrically he's there. Um, and the dynamicness of his voice. Yeah, his vocal dynamic is incredible. Yeah, he could. He, I can see it. Yeah, and that and that's what that's what to me it's it's a lighter version of Andre 2000's uh, vocal dynamic uh, performance. You can't quite sing the way Andre 2000 can. At least at this point in his career, you know, never underestimate an artist's de- ability to develop. But at this point in his career, yeah, um, not quite the singer, but again, has that has that little that very uh, nasally high pitch. Um, uh what would what would seem annoying what would seem mm-hmm. like like that's the thing that I can't get over with Andre 2000 I can't get over why I think his voice is incredibly dope but I can't get over why like a lot of people really like his voice like I could see his voice being something that turns off so many people I can see it too but I think at some point the technical skill of Andre is just so baffling and incredible incredible that like you don't even care really you just like you listen into the music the production is good i think that the key with andre is he doesn't use his voice unnecessarily i think anytime he uses that voice that can seem irritating it's fitting whatever music is playing and it's fitting whatever lyrics that he's rapping about and i think that is back to the vocal control once you kind of learn how to do that that's when you start to move into like the higher levels. But I can definitely see Nick Grant being a, a miniature Andre. I think he's definitely got to work on his flow. He's got to verify, like, change his flow, make sure he's able to have a great variety. But lyrically, he's starting to get there. Vocally, he's starting to get there. But yeah, when I when I heard this project, I was like, he's like a southern version of uh, Joey Badass. Joey Badass just <laughs> playing off East Coast grit. And he's kind of on this mellow R&B vibe, but both are great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, enough of that tangent uh, because we go on forever. But I agree. (laughs) I agree. I agree with you on that. That was some that was some great observation there. Thank you. That actually kind of helped piece it together in my mind as well, Um, Mm -hmm. because that's been something that's literally now been eating away at me for over a year. Like every time (laughs) I hear him, I think of Andre 3000 every time. Um, And he also had this dope story. Last thing. Uh, he had this dope story that he said, he said, uh, this is probably the biggest flex I'll ever do in my life. But, um, but when Andre 3000 first met me, he bowed. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. So I don't know if it's true. He says, I mean, I, I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but yo, to have Andre 3000 bow to you, that's crazy. That seems like an Andre 3000 thing to do, by the way. I feel like he bows to everybody. Not to diminish that story, but he just <laughs> the type of cat. To yeah, that might be that might be his introduction to people. Not a handshake, <laughs> just a bow. He hands him a feather. <laughs> he bows and hands him a feather. Yeah, Gives I can see a, a gift wrapped feather. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, man. Um, all right, but uh, anyways, you got one more track you want to bring up, then we'll get into overall thoughts. So go ahead and jump into your last track. Yeah, so I brought it up earlier. I jumped the gun. I was just so excited. Uh, Save <laughs> the Children, I think. Um, it's the track right after Blue Cheese, kind of continuing that um, upbeat 
just absolute onslaught of lyricism um, on the first half of this record. Yeah, This is just Nick Grant, and he just goes and goes and goes. But the thing I love most about this track is the beat that goes underneath it. This is like primo level 90s beat, in my opinion. I just thought it was absolutely crazy good. Um, and then to just slap that great lyricism on top of it, to me, it was the cleanest track. It is not the best track, but it was the cleanest and the most slick. And just listening to it um, about an hour or two ago, again, when I was taking notes, I was like, God, man, this thing is just, it's almost flawless in a way when when you're thinking about a freestyle. It's just his, his flow is really, really tight on it. The beat is insane. Um, and we already talked about wittiness and lyricism. It's yeah. all there. And I think really if you wanted to kind of introduce somebody to Nick Grant and not really, I don't know, for some reason not give them a song or whatever, but this is kind of the song that you would show them to to display his skill, I guess. He's the most skillful on this one. Yeah. Um, to me, it just stood out in that way. That it was like, this is an incredible beat, and he's doing it justice. And, you know, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm with you. And so um, so for those of you that um, that don't really know this, and I've probably talked about this before, but um, I have like a weird kind of like listening habit when I listen to albums for the first time. I listen to them all the way through one time. I don't allow myself to replay a track. I don't skip a track. I don't, I don't, I just literally just let it ride. I sit, I focus, I have my beat headphones on so I can just hear as much of it as possible. Like my first takeaway, I want to really, um, I really have, I really want to soak in as much as possible. And then from there, I kind of play it in the car, play it out loud through the iPhone speaker, play it in my headphones, all sorts of different, um, you know, play through my uh, through my Bluetooth speakers, like all that, just kind of get all sorts of different um, understandings and sounds of it. And then I go back to the beats. And that's how that's kind of my my process for listening to albums. Um, and so anyways, I bring that up to say that, again, the no the no skip thing or the no replay thing, um, mm-hmm. dude, this was the track that I was like, blue cheese. I was like, oh, I really want to replay this. And then this one came out, I'm like, oh, I really, really want to replay this. Like, this was one that, <laughs> yeah. after the first time, like, was an instant favorite. Um, this is one, like, because otherwise, like, honestly, between between Blue Cheese and Save the Children, like, this is, a, I believe, a 52-minute runtime project. Yep. And it could have turned into, it could have turned into, like, an hour and a half if I wanted to, like, replay the songs on, on the first listen. But, uh, yeah, Save the Children definitely stood out to me from the jump. Again, it's very, um, this is, I, I, I agree with you in the sense I said Blue Cheese was the one I show, and that's just because, um, that's just because, you know, it's, it's the hit, but yeah, yeah if I want to show, if I want to show Nick's talent, if I want to show, like, just, like, everything Nick can do, um, then it's Save the Children. It's a dope beat, you kind of, it, it's kind of just a beat that just essentially gives him the spotlight and lets him say what he wants to say, and, you know, again, um, the wittiness, I think... I think he's perhaps the most wittiest on this one, um, yeah. honestly. And uh, you know, slumped it like he's got, he's he's got you know he's got bumping Anita Baker, slumped it, uh, slumped in my sleeps. Well, uh, slumped 
slumped in my seat while she domed me and proceeded to taste it. My homie hit me, bought a lick. I told him keep it tasteful. Hey, they was blunt with with a homie. Now they need the vapors. I got the feature from Khaled. I'm forever grateful. I'm mm-hmm. I'm in the ghetto like Nana putting vanilla wafers. Like, yeah, dude, it's just it's bar after bar after bar, and they're strung together really well. It's not like here's a bar, and here's the punchline, and now we're starting another joke. It's it's the rhymes tie in with punchline after punchline, and it's just it's really clean, and it's just it's just it's it's one of the few songs that even if you don't know the lyrics. You can just sit and listen to it, and it sounds good. You yeah, know, rhythmically, it's on point, and it sounds fantastic. So I just wanted to give that track a shout out because I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, again, it was a fantastic, fantastic track. Um, you know, very dope, uh, very dope instrumental. Again, um, so the instrumental was was incredible as well. Um, that, and that's what I just, I, I really love the background vocals. Everything about it is, is really dope. And again, it kind of just gives Nick the spotlight and he does his thing. So, um, I'm not mad at you for saying that this is a, this is a track to show people about Nick Grant. Cause I like, I like that idea. So, um, without further ado, I'll jump to my last track, which is father figure. So this one is awesome. I believe this follows right up. Uh, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yep. Um, so follows up, uh, save the children. And so this is the, this is again, another one of the deep cuts. So it's an awesome verse. Um, well, I mean, it has awesome verses, I should say, uh, plural, um, Nick's like pain and growth of how he views fatherhood is written all throughout this track. And now this is something that, you know, maybe he addressed on his old stuff. I hadn't heard all of his old stuff. To be honest, I listened to return of the cool, um, a bunch of times. And then I listened to, uh, 88 the mixtape once maybe twice so i don't remember all the content on there so maybe it's something he's addressed before but to me um it's new and so um so it was so right away it very much interested me because again like i just said when i mentioned black woman um i'm a fan of my favorite nick grant is deep cut nick grant personally and so mm-hmm. you know i knew by the title right away in the in the instrumental that this was going to be a deep cut record so I was so I was extremely excited. Um, I think what's interesting about this song is that there's there's just this. Um, it, he addresses he addresses you know how his father essentially through the how his experiences with fatherhood have changed throughout not only not only his um, like how his father dealt with him, but he also talks about how it shapes his view towards fatherhood. And so I think there's a, a, a very strong level of self-awareness that I, that really comes through on this record. And that's what, um, that's what makes this good because honestly, like introspective deep cuts and everything are very important and they're very, and, and they can be done very well or they can be done very poorly. And what to me stands out what what makes a deep cut record the best is when the artist is most self-aware because when the artist is most self-aware he's able to fully express the the little elements that that make the story whole that make the story relatable that make the story real and um that's when and that's what nick grant does on this you know talking about everything from you know his dad um his dad beating his brother because you know he swore the kid wasn't his 
um, you know, and, you know, the stuff with his sister and all that. And so, um, it just, uh, you know, it, it just, you know, he, his, his ability to, you know, to, to talk about all of the, you know, the long-term effects of dealing with, with the absence of his father, you know, um, it's just, it, it's just, it's very, um, it's very, it's very well done. And it's, a, it's a track that always stands out to me. Yeah, it's definitely, um, like you said, it, it kind of comes off of those, you know, five, four or five tracks, um, bangers in a row, and then just kind of pumps the brakes on you. And um, it makes you pay attention. And once you do, you definitely are rewarded for it by some just absolute beautiful storytelling and imagery. Um, an absolutely fantastic beat by Bliss. Um, like you said, the vocals in this thing. Yeah. This really was one of those where I was excited to look at the lyrics my second time around. Like you, I, I just sit back and I listen to the whole thing and then I go and look up what I want to or whatever. And this was one mm-hmm. that I definitely was like, I have to read what he's actually saying to make sure yeah. I didn't really miss anything. And um, man, it's just a great story. And Yeah, um, and the way the third verse, you know, and sorry to cut you off, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I kind of wish I would have brought this up when I was first talking is that, the way it builds to the third verse where he raps from the perspective of his father, you know, apologizing basically for, um, and, and kind of almost trying to justify his, his, um, justify his, where he's at now, you know, by saying he's an alcohol, he, by saying he's an alcoholic, um, and that, you know, and that Nick Grant, after what he did, um, uh, you know, put up, uh, kept distance, put a wall up and kind of dissed him. And, um, you know, and then it ends with this just heartbreaking voicemail from his aunt that says, just calling to let you know that your dad passed this morning, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's just, um, so it's just like, basically it's the last verses from the perspective of the father essentially writing this, this on his deathbed. So right. again, it, it's a real level of self-awareness because not only is he able to, you know, just say, you know, you're my dad, you left me, this hurt, or, like, and, like, you, you abused us, and you did all this, and, like, you know, there's, there's all that, you know, and, and that's, unfortunately, a story that can be told many times by many people, but what makes this so relatable, makes this so, so great, is his self-awareness to be able to say, okay, now let me write a verse from his perspective, explaining his, what his thoughts were in his dying moments, essentially. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's what makes it incredible. It it is incredible. It's it's one of those few moments um, where a rapper will put himself in another, in someone else's shoes, not even just an alter ego kind of perspective, but literally trying to visualize and tell you know what someone else is thinking. And I, I like when I was listening to it, and then I and I heard that third verse, I was like, this is pretty high level uh, you know maturity to kind of do that i mean this is something that we don't really see from a lot of especially younger guys i mean this is like you know nas level this is like ghostface level storytelling that um he's able to accomplish and do really really well um i think the last time i heard something like this track where he put himself into someone else's shoes was probably like sing about me you know from kendrick mm-hmm. i'm not saying it's you know as 
good and profound. I, I don't have that kind of thought process yet, or if I even want to compare stories like that. But it's definitely something that I, you don't hear every day on a record. And um, when you do hear it, sometimes it doesn't work or it comes off a bit cheesy or bland. But this, I think, came off very genuine and it worked fantastic. And it didn't even, it didn't throw the album for a loop at all, which was yeah. surprising. Sometimes, you know, someone will just throw a sad song in there just, you know, to say, whatever, here's a sad song. Here's a deep thought provoking song. This one flowed with the record somehow. I don't know. I'll have to, <laughs> but it did. And it worked and it fit the album. And I, I still think it was a fantastic track. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible standout. Um, incredible standout for me. So, um, all right, you ready to get into overall thoughts? Yeah, I am. All right, let's do it. So I'm feeling a 7.5 out of 10. Again, I said this before, the production is more trapped 808s heavy than his last project return of the cool. Um, he kind of, again, sequencing that I talked about, he packed all the hits in the beginning, which I thought was a smart, uh, was, was a smart move for Nick. Um, and, Again, the marriage between his vocals and production is far more complimentary than his last project, which was, again, softer, more somber, jazzy, soul production. Uh, and then just, obviously, if you can't tell, um, this is a thought that we both had on this, is that he raps well throughout the entire project, um, and the production is solid. And there are great tracks on here, like Blue Cheese, uh, Father Figure, uh, Save the Children, and there's a whole bunch of other good songs that we didn't even get to, like 96 Bulls, um, which is an mm -hmm. awesome one. Lincoln Apartments, another awesome track. The um, Ode. So, yeah. The very the last track. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm glad you brought up The Ode because quickly, I know this is something that ever, I, I think basically ever since Common did it, it's now become a staple for all hip hop lyricists to do, yes. which is essentially yep. make a song about a female that's really about hip hop. Yes. And like pretty much every underground <laughs> artist ever in the history since Common has done it now. Yep. Um, you know, and even even mainstream artists like Eminem and stuff have really done it as well. Yep. Um, so it's a staple. And I got to say of all the ones I've heard, which is honestly countless. Um, some artists, <laughs> some artists do one every single project, I swear. Right. Um, yeah. Some underground artists. And yet. Uh, so it's almost like it's almost like a rite of passage as a, as a lyricist. Like you have to do it; it's a requirement. And this is honestly one of the better ones. I mean, I could tell within mm -hmm. the first two bars that this is what it was going. Um, when he said, "You know, I'm fucking with a shorty. She's well in her 40s." I was like, "Okay, hip hop's 40 years old. All right, I get it. This yeah. is a hip hop track. This is this is a love song about hip hop, essentially." But you know, it it holds my attention way more than a lot a lot of the of those records. Yeah, it just continues that that storytelling and imagery that he had before, um, mm -hmm. especially on this one. Yeah, this was one that I kind of I did want to bring up. I did. It wasn't obviously one that I thought stood out as much as the most, but I think it is worth mentioning. Um, and he name drops in this one too. He, he has a verse about Rakim. Um, yeah, where he wants to say something impressive. He wants to impress her with like a rock him verse or something like he would say something like that um i think yeah like you said this has been something that every rapper has done in one fashion or another um you know and 
like Kendrick did onto Bimpa Butterfly, where it's almost this evil, you know, Lucy persona of the mm-hmm. industry as a whole um, versus hip hop as what it is truly. Um, this took a, a very romantic and intimate relationship that may or may not have been done, but I don't think has been done as well as um, Nick Grant did it. And um, I think uh, Sonia Elise also helped with her uh, verse on here as well. On the hook, I thought it was really, really well done. But I, yeah, I thought it was a great close to the to a fantastic album. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm glad you brought that up. So yeah, so essentially where I was going is that um, there's a bunch of great records on here and some really solid and good records as well. Um, there's not really a bad track on the album, which is mm-hmm. what makes this a really, really strong album. A 7.5 out of 10 for me. It's one of, I if I had to just guess, um, again, I'm spitballing. I'm going to be doing this at the end of June. I'm going to be ranking all the projects I've, you know, I've uh, that have been released so far this year. But, um, or I'm going to be ranking my top 10, I should say. Um, this is probably in the top 10 for me. It's, it's a really, it's a really strong performance. Mm-hmm. um through and through um so i definitely recommend it my favorites uh blue cheese father figure black woman lincoln apartment 96 pulls switch up uh god the ode um like every honestly literally 90 percent of this album i'm returning to it's incredible yeah um i'm gonna go higher this time okay. i'm saying it's an 8.5 out of 10 i think okay this, i think this album's incredible I think it's probably second only to Victory Lap and, um, you know, maybe another record. Um, I think Cardi still has a really great um, project on her hands for this year. Uh, but I, th- I think it's right up there with what Nipsey did earlier in the year. Um, I think his his storytelling is something like we haven't really seen from somebody that isn't expected to do it, I guess is one way of putting it. Like we expect Mm -hmm. J Cole to be the storyteller. We expect Kendrick to have storytelling. I didn't expect Nick Grant to come out and flex the way he did on these kind of songs. And uh, like you said, I think the bangers, they hit when they hit. And I think the lows are um, impressive and very thought provoking in ways that they should be. I think when you talk about firing on all cylinders, this album does that. I don't really yeah. find a weakness in it. Um, you know, it's not a 10 simply because I've heard a 10 album and this isn't it. But if you mm. were to ask me what, you know, he could have done better, I don't know if I could give you necessarily a list. Um, what he did and what he was given, he did the most of. And uh, that was yeah. that was impressive to me. Yeah, it's essentially it's essentially an album that has some some great with a lot of good, mm-hmm. and so essentially an album that's a ten is all great. So and essentially it's long too. It's a yeah. fifty minute. Pro- this is a full project, you know. Yeah. Not to cut you off or anything, but you know, like when Pusha came out, I said, you know, Daytona, this is a ten album if it's not twenty minutes long, you know, because there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with this record. Nick Grant, yeah. he stretches it out. So the, the parts that hit maybe don't hit as hard and as fast as Daytona does. But overall, I think it's better because he's at least consistent for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, the whole the whole um, 
EP versus LP thing is a really hard battle that I constantly struggle with as somebody who reviews for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, I've kind of come to the conclusion that it's almost not fair to hold time against. I think essentially, I think essentially the way I look at it is the time, the time is the time, and so it makes things more valuable. So right. if you're if you're flawless throughout 27 minutes or 24 minutes like Push the T was, then mm-hmm. it's a great album. But if it's um and and it's a really good album. But if you're 50 minutes and you got great with some good, you know you know you're not well. It's longer. Again, it doesn't hit as hard. It doesn't hit as as flawlessly as Pusha T does. So in my opinion, I would have just for um just for argument's sake, I would have uh Pusha T over over this album. But you're you're right in what you're saying and and that you know and that you know. There has to be some sort of it, it's a tricky it's a tricky balance honestly between mm-hmm. EPs and LPs, but uh, yeah I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up because that's a that's I feel like probably one of the biggest one of the toughest things to decide on when reviewing a project honestly and we just de- dealt with it with Black Thought right you know, yeah same exactly um, yeah I mean the only thing I would say to that is I think if you take you know uh, all in stride. If you take tracks four through eight and whatever, if that averages out to about 20 minutes and put that against Daytona, I think that's when you start to see, okay, maybe he does have, maybe he does have the edge over Pusha because he's mm. still got all that up. He's got side two. <laughs> that is still right. really, really good. <laughs> right. He's got this too. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's, that's, that's a good, that's an interesting way of pointing it. I never looked at it like that. I like it. But, but just yeah. an absolutely fantastic record. I've, definitely looking forward to more of this guy's stuff um mm-hmm. thank you for putting him on to me man you're always 100%, the best when man. it comes to that <laughs> thanks man thanks man i try to be i try to be so um i'm glad i'm honestly i'm i'm glad you enjoyed it i was like i was sending it to andrew and i was like i was like i think he's gonna like this um but i also know that andrew's a very a, a very hip-hop purist and while nick grant is a hip-hop purist's image also andrew has incredibly high standards as well he should um so i was like so i was like hmm i was like i'm glad it gets the msu president of hip-hop club seal of approval like, <laughs> that is that is a big that is a big you know what nick grant should actually you know he should mention that before he mentions andre 2000 bowing to him exactly he needs my my approval is much more important than anything andre gift wrapped to him <laughs> And right or whatever <laughs> <laughs> but yeah man so um thank you for coming out man i'm glad you enjoyed it uh once again that is president of the msu hip-hop club andrew turris uh you can find it just by searching msu hip-hop club on facebook right yes sir it should be yep, the and... only one up there <laughs> <laughs> the only one up there um has the dope uh image that you photoshopped of um the spartan the spartan mascot on the chronic which is extremely dope by the way um, said that in the last podcast, it's still dope now. It's, it remains the same. It remains true. It remains dope until your podcast blows up and I get copyright infringement, and then I have to take <laughs> it down. Yeah, then then we'll just bleep this part of the podcast right. out. <laughs> just, I'll, I'll just have to go back and I'll just have to delete that real quick I when I start getting popular. I don't know what you're talking. I didn't make that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. But um, but yeah, man. So um, I'm obviously involved in the MSU Hip Hop Club as well. So if you're a Michigan State student and you're listening to this podcast, um, I 
highly encourage you it's summer now but when the fall starts to uh to get at us and uh get enrolled in the uh hip-hop club it's an extremely fun event um it's a bunch of it, it, it's great people um shout out to everyone who's in the club already um great people and again you know it, it's fun we listen to we listen to the current music um we kind of listen to some throwbacks as well um it's a very it's a very all-encompassing great experience of hip-hop and it's always uh and it's always a great discussion so thank you andrew for coming on man i appreciate your time oh thanks for having me again man it's always a blast no problem man see you soon see ya